We are back with another Backyard Brawl preview show, but this one is going to have a little bit of a twist. Mike Oste, Mike Bacobacan here, Pittsburgh Sports Now, and Pitt in West Virginia, inching closer to the rebirth of the Backyard Brawl. We are going to be joined for this show by former Pitt quarterback, current Pitt color analyst, and also associate AD Pat Bostick. You certainly are familiar with his face, his voice, I'm sure Pitt fans are, Pat we definitely appreciate you taking the time, and I know that you're excited for this. I'm, I'm sure just as much as anybody else. Yeah, Mike, Mike, I, Mike, and Mike. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, <laughs> good to good to be here, and uh, excited about Thursday night's game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's just get right into it. Like as I mentioned uh, before, we started. I think fans right now want to uh, your uh, your unbelievably talented guy on the radio as far as being able to verbalize what you see on the field and you're able to break things down really well. So we're going to, let's talk about Pitt, right. uh, the players, uh, X's and O's and what fans should expect, you know, not only uh, in the West Virginia game, but coming up um, this season. Uh, let's just start at the quarterback position. Uh, obviously it all starts with the quarterback. Uh, I don't know how surprised you were that Keaton Slovis got the position but you you see these practices on a daily basis uh, more than just what Coach Narduzzi says. What's impressed you about what uh, you've seen from Slovis so far in camp that led him to uh, get the nod? Yeah, I think it's been the consistency. Um, yeah, he's a really polished technical passer. Um, his footwork's excellent. Things that you know don't necessarily you wouldn't write in a guy's bio. Um, but he does things extremely well, climbs the pocket well, um, understands his strengths and weaknesses. I think his strengths are his accuracy, his arm strength. Um, he throws a great deep ball. And, and again, he's got a, an ability to progress through um, from, from his first option down to his check down and get the ball out of his hand, which um, in Frank Signetti's offense, having played in it, I know that's incredibly important is sack avoidance and turnover avoidance and his skill set is um, is tailor made to play in a pro style system. So I think this offense, more so than what he played in in USC, despite his success early there, is more suited to to, to his game. And let's, actually, let's, let's be honest: people perfect. are going to be talking yeah. about Kenny Pickett uh, throughout the season, and there's inevitably mm -hmm. going to be comparisons to him. How how much is it going to benefit uh, Keaton that? He's a, he's a little bit more of a veteran, and he's not a young guy coming in. And I think he could block some of that noise out as far as talking about what uh, Pickett did last season. Uh, is, is that going to be big for him that this he's played at a Power 5 conference, and this is really isn't his uh, uh, you know first time in the ring? Yeah, it's not his first rodeo. He's, you know, playing quarterback at USC, is a, it's a pretty white-hot light that you're under. Um, you know, at Southern Cal. So he's used to that. I think he knows that you know, he knows Kenny from the, the, the Manning Passing Academy. He knows that he's not Kenny and Kenny's not him. And um, I think Pat Narduzzi and, and, and bringing in Frank Signetti, you know, looking at this roster and how it's built, um, there's extreme depth on the offensive line. There's there's really four, maybe five tailbacks that can, that can spread the wealth and tote the rock. And yeah. I think um, that's going to be a um, – you know, a difference in this offense, it's going to allow Keaton to play a different game than Kenny played. You know, Keaton's going to have the opportunity to come off of hard 
play action and, and move the pocket. And Kenny was, I mean, it's, it's a shock to me that Kenny didn't get hit or sacked more than he did with how many times they dropped back. Straight drop back pass. I mean, O-line did a terrific job for him last year, but it's going to make Keaton's job easier. They can run the football. It's going to make that O-line's job easier in pass protection. They're going to get a lot more one-on-one matchups down the field for, for what I think is a really good group, group of weapons outside. Talking with Pat Bostic here, my Fakovic and Mike Osti. As we are talking Pitt this coming season, of course, that gets started with the rebirth of the backyard brawl. Now, kind of to segue off of what Mike was asking you there in terms of Keaton Slovis now being the starting quarterback for Pitt, but diving a little bit further into this offense, because not only is there a new starting quarterback, you mentioned it, new offensive coordinator. And as much as Kenny Pickett was part of that success, so was Mark Whipple. And what now should Pitt fans in particular expect to be different about this offense? You did touch on maybe the depth that running back and be incorporating more of the running game, but in terms of X's and O's, in terms of maybe how many players will get involved, what type of schemes or sets fans should expect to see outside of just new names, what's really going to be different points could be on the board, but are they going to get there differently than what Pitt fans are used to the last few years? Yeah, I think you'll see some some similarities for sure. I mean, you know, it's but both Pat, both uh, you know, Mark Whipple and Frank Signetti are, are rooted in in a pro style you know approach. Right. There, you know, there there's intermediate short passing. There's which there was a lot of with Kenny Pickett, and obviously verticals and stretching the field. I think we're you're going to see some of the difference. It's no secret that Pitt you know invested a lot of time and energy in beefing up the tight end position this offseason uh, via both recruiting and the transfer portal. More importantly. Um, I think, you know, Frank would like to, to get into some two tight end if, if he can. And, um, you know, I think he wants to establish the run game earlier in the game. You know, one of Mark's kind of hallmarks last year was to get a lead and then put the game on ice, which Pitt did very well. It's right. one of the concerns I see out there is, you know, oh, Pitt's going to go to an all-run offense. That's not who they are. Well, actually, they ran the ball extremely effectively when the opposition knew they were going to run it last year. I mean, I think games like Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Clemson even, when they were able to make first downs right. against a, a defense that knew they had to run the football to, to put the game away. So um, I think more balance. I think what you see. More running the, earlier? The, Maybe more running, running earlier in the game? I think so to establish some of the deep passing okay. game and to, and to really establish an attitude at the line of scrimmage um, that um, I think this offensive line group that is probably 10 deep can, can easily do. Pat, you touched upon something. I, I, I think you're um, – I think you're right because I'm hearing this a lot, and I think it's very misguided as far as the Pitt fan base goes. Uh, he, he hasn't called a game yet, but I, I think there's an assumption out there that – and you played for him, so you know uh, that Frank Signetti is going to be uh, – I, I don't want to use the word bore, but <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be – Pound, 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 throw the ball like something. That, uh, Pitt yeah. fans like the last few years throwing, throwing the ball around, scoring a lot. It was of exciting. Right. I, I think they feel as though Frank is going to uh, get them away from that completely, and it's going to go back to uh, uh, you know old old days. Is that the case? That isn't the case, is it? No, I mean I remember you know I, I knew Frank in two thousand nine and ten, and uh, I've kept in touch with him ever since, but. Um, you know, really, obviously, he went to BC and, and started you know, with Phil Jakovic there. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to turn on this tape and I'm going to know everything I'm looking at when I when I watch BC play. We played him in 20, 
And I turned it on and I saw RPO, I saw shotgun, I saw gun zone read, I saw a lot of college concepts. So I think, you know, in the 10 years, 11 years that Frank's been away from, from Pitt, he's accumulated a lot of offense. And I think Pat Narduzzi said earlier in the week, their install has been deep. There's a lot he can pull from. There's a lot of personnel groupings he can tap into. There are things that I don't think he's even run in the past that this personnel has lent itself to. So um, I wouldn't get lost in the talk of establishing the run. Yes, that's important, but that may be done a number of different ways. And it might set up things that um, that Pitt fans maybe haven't seen even the past couple of years. And, and, and uh, you know, I, 42 points a game last year, you can't argue with that. Um, but, but there were some issues scoring in the red zone the year prior. Um, and there were some games where they weren't able to get tough yards on third and short um, in, in the past prior to last season. Um, winning is the most important thing. However you get there, um, yeah. that, that, that's, just, that's, just, um, that's just noise. And you're being an offensive guy. I do want to ask another one on the offense. And we're, obviously we're talking a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator. But separate from just those two that are garnering most of the conversation – what are your thoughts on maybe another misconception that's out there, and I think maybe out there nationally, on Jordan Addison Lee is that whole drama exists. So you're losing the Bolitnikoff winner. You're losing your best receiver. Oh, my God. Are there enough weapons there? You're losing the w, WR1. How is Slovis going to be able to handle this? That's kind of a thing that's been talked about nationally. Maybe people that are not as close in tune with what Pitt's doing. In terms of weapons, whether it be the running game, whether it be receivers, you mentioned maybe two tight end sets. What does Slovis have to work with that maybe Pitt fans maybe are more familiar with that nationally people are, are not getting or or how big of a hit maybe is the Addison departure, obviously? I mean, it's it's I'd be lying through my teeth if I said it wasn't a hit. I mean, the guy's right. you know, one of the top three best receivers in college football. He was the best receiver in 2021 without question. Um, but I think, you know, his departure opens up doors for other guys to have more more featured, more prominent roles. I mean, a guy that gets – I think lost in all this is Jared Wayne. Um, you know, Jared's been as consistent a player. I mean, he, he reminds me, he could throw Mike Shanahan and Devin Street together. And I think you get, you get, <laughs> you, you get Jared Wayne. I mean, big, okay. physical, consistent, can push the ball, can, can move down the field. And just the way he's able to high point that thing and keep it extended from his body. He's yeah. a guy that could work in the middle of the field and, and also outside, you know, Kanate Mumpfield, um, freshman All-American at Akron has had an unbelievable, you know, two sessions of spring and, and then fall camp. He, he has a chance to be, you know, that number one guy that can play all over the place. Bob Means is a great addition. Another guy I think gets lost is Jaden Bradley. I mean, excuse me, Jalen Barden. I get those guys fixed up all the me time. Too. But Jalen Jalen Barden, you know, Jalen doesn't, you know, uh, mess his shoulder up against Miami last year. He has filled he filled in for Jordan in a number of situations, similar to how DJ Turner did in, in 2020. You know, when Jordan was down or taken take out of the game, you know, uh, Jalen was able to work one-on-one -on -one coverage in that slot. And he probably has had the best camp um, of all those guys. So I think they've got plenty of weapons. I'm sure they want some more depth, but sprinkling Gra Gavin Bartholomew and, and Carter Johnson, another transfer, you know, Juco transfer tight end. I think they've got a multitude of different ways to attack defenses. And again, if they're able to run it, they're going to get a heck of a lot more one-on-one -on -one coverage and opportunities for big plays. Sure. Over to, over to the defense path. Uh, that you know the offense the offense uh you know gets the headline scoring 42 points but this defense has been really solid led by the defensive line the last couple of years you don't have defense you're not going to win the game um this defense is once again going to be good 
Uh, is there a player that maybe has stood out to you uh, that you want to uh, throw out to fans that maybe looks like a completely different player than last year as far as uh, his skill set and maybe what he uh, is going to be able to provide to the uh, to the defense last, uh, from, from a year ago? Yeah, I think people saw it on special teams, but Bengali Kamara is a guy that has flashed a lot in camp. Um, both as a as a pass defender, but but more importantly, consistently fitting in the run game, and and probably most obviously as a blitzer, um, he's a guy that that you know can play that field position, can cover a lot of ground, can get into the passing lanes, can also um, can get his hands up and knock balls down, and he's made plays throughout camp that are just different. I mean, he's he's six foot two and a half, probably long, and. Um, ex- fast twitch. I mean, he's a guy that could be an all ACC performer um, his first year in, in prominent action. And um, I wouldn't be shocked at all by that. What about Kalaja Kansi? He's getting the headlines. He's the guy that when you talk about the defense, uh, you know, he's on, uh, I have n- n- no idea how many uh, watch lists, five or six already this year. How's he handling the, uh, the, uh, I guess the attention of being the the guy under the spotlight, and is he a guy that can get better? What what, what I assume everyone obviously everyone can get better in some area. What what area do you believe Kalijah can even get better in uh, in twenty twenty two? I mean, I saw a player all camp that was better. It's just you know he's a guy that's going to get double teamed on almost every play. He's just a guy you got to look out for. I mean, he's got that Aaron Donald type of game wrecking ability. Um, Big words. He's got, yeah. He, he's gotten stronger. Um, he, he's, I think, more fit than he was a year ago. Okay. Um, he's got more guys. I mean, the, the sheer fact that there's guys around him that can spell him. You know, he's going to be more. He's going to be more efficient and consistent uh, as a player. You know, especially against tempo teams. So, I mean, the reality is they've got enough weapons on this D line that one of two things is going to happen. They're going to double. They're going to double somebody. They're going to double two guys and. Dayon Hayes or John Morgan is going to get singled up or they're going to keep a tight end in pass coverage. And then they're going to let Servassier Dennis run against the tailback or Bengali Kamara match up against the tailback. And so there's just, I don't think there's a way you win against this defense. And when you blitz, which Pat Narduzzi does a lot of with Randy Bates as coordinator, you get one-on-ones and Kalijah Kansi is a, you know, he's, he's a nightmare as a one-on-one because of his speed, quickness, and power. And Pitt's defense also really got their stride as the season progressed last year, too. Maybe got beat in, in earlier games. Western Michigan's a game people are going to point to. The defense didn't maybe show up as much as people would like, and that ended up being a loss. But really, as the season progressed, the defense showed up. And from what you're saying in camp and from how it sounds, that defense should only be even better, even more experienced. Pat Bostic, former Pitt quarterback, color analyst, and, of course, senior associate AD joining us here, Mike Pekovic and Mike Osti. Now, before we let you go, I do want to talk a little bit about the brawl in this matchup in particular, and a little bit of flipping the script too when you're analyzing the Pitt offense, because there's tons of uncertainty about Pitt and a new QB and a new OC, but to say there's uncertainty on what West Virginia is going to bring to the table is an understatement. <laughs> you have a new offensive coordinator running in a completely different system they haven't seen in a decade. You have a new quarterback who... Keaton Slovis knows very well, and JT Daniels finally officially named the star, but I think that's no surprise to anyone. Narduzzi actually kind of broke the news before Neil Brown could make the announcement as JT Daniels is going to be the starter. And from how it sounds, and certainly I've been at camp a bunch of times in Morgantown, his passing is very, very crisp, and it may be 
health has kind of been what derailed him to this point. But for maybe the common fan, give your analysis on, number one, the air raid offense, what people should expect to see in this game, the Graham Harrell, who might be an underrated card of this game in West Virginia's season, is going to try to administer in this game. And also how hard that really is to administer in two and a half months. JT Daniels didn't even set foot on campus until the end of May. He's now the starter. They know each other. Slovis knows even Graham Harrell, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to put forth. This is week one. Maybe this is actually a, a blessing for Pitt to be seeing West Virginia in week one before they really get clicking possibly with this offense. But what do you expect from the air raid? What do you expect from Graham Harrell? What do you expect from JT Daniels and for West Virginia to bring the table as they start the season? Yeah, I mean, I think the the interesting component of this, I think West Virginia feels like they've got a pretty, you know, veteran solid offensive line, um, you know, which they do. I mean, they've got their centers as good as you're going to find. Frazier's a really good player, all Big 12 performer. They've, they've mixed and matched a little bit up front with guys moving from right to left tackle and so forth, but got a couple transfers in there. The Nestor kid from Virginia Tech, I, I've right. seen him on depth charts for years. Um, but again, I, I think – when you look at West Virginia last year, one of the interesting things is in all six of their wins, they rushed for 100 yards. and all seven of their losses, they rushed for fewer than 100 yards. Um, I don't think that's going to be the formula for them, particularly against a pit defense that's designed to stop the run. I expect them to get the ball out of Daniel's hand quick early, try to get guys in the space. Then I expect them with some of their big receivers to throw some fades up, which is not going to be an uncommon strategy against Pitt with how they play. Um, the key will be, and talking to people down there, is you know, when they try to push the ball down the field, how long can they hold up against this pit D-line? How well can they protect Daniels and keep him clean? Yeah. Yeah. Because if I think, again, one of the things that Pitt's defense did better than you know probably any other component of their game last year is it got better as the game went on, and I think that's due in large part to their depth. Um, you might be able to block them for a quarter, but I'm not sure you could block them for four, especially – when they get a bead for what you're doing schematically um, on the second level. All right, Pat, uh, going to close it up with this. I heard Lewis Riddick did a tremendous uh, interview today on the fan with Andrew Filipponi, and uh, he was over at the uh, – spent the day with the uh, team. You probably ran into him over there. He said that uh, – I thought it was uh, telling, and obviously he's probably uh, talking to some of the coaches. There's a feeling over at Pitt – within the room that they want to prove that last year wasn't just a really good year and that they're building something uh, and that the, the, this is long-term and this wasn't not a, a fluke, right? Yeah. It wasn't a byproduct of Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. Do you feel that as, as far as uh, is that the chip maybe that they're going to have on their shoulder this year is that this is a, uh, a long-term thing they're building here. Do you, uh, uh, you know what, what? What side of or what sort of uh, what sense do you have being around the team? Uh, you know, in regards to that, I think when you have a program that is truly a program, which you know everybody should aspire to be, you you got seniors that assume the mantle, that want to a uphold the standard standard and b raise the bar. Um, I think you got a, a group of really old guys on this team that have a lot of six year seniors that are twenty three years old that want to prove that they can win, you know, with great defense and perhaps a more balanced offensive attack. And it wasn't just Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, um, and 42 points a game. Because there were times last year when the defense, you know, I thought the ACC championship game is a perfect example. Defense won that football game, not the offense. Yeah. Everyone remembers the fake, everyone makes, remembers the fake slide. I mean, what won that game was breaking, you know, Wake Forest's will 
in the in the third and fourth quarter um, defensively. So I think there's a pride factor. And then there's the long play, right, which is, yeah, you look at things historically and you, you have you know, teams or programs that have that blip on the radar where they spike and have a great year. And, uh, you know, now more than ever with this realignment talk and, you know, all the money that's out there, you when, when you can seize um, power or, you know, stability or, or whatever you want to call it, when you can seize it, you got to put it in a bottle and hold on to it. And um, that's what this team's looking to do. And they've got a heck of an opportunity on Thursday night. And obviously, you know, about 10 days after that with Tennessee coming into town to prove that they are for real. And this program is built um, for more than just, you know, one great year. Yeah. And, and it has it all in front of them too. It, it, they always say in sports, it's tough. It's the toughest thing to do outside of winning a championship is defending that championship and doing again. But you have the Heisman candidate no longer there. The OC no longer there. You have your rival. You haven't played in a decade there that these players haven't experienced before right in front of you. Then in big game after that. And Crawl from where you are now into the top 10, maybe with those wins. And then that would bring it to another level and defending the coastal last time you have a chance to do that, <laughs> defending yeah. the ACC. So trying to go back to back there. I mean, it, it's all right in front of it, but yeah, it is about bringing it to another level. So I think I've, that, that vibe is kind of what you should be feeling around yeah. the, the, the pit campus and around pit camp that is what you are feeling. So Pat, we definitely appreciate the time for sure. Do you have a score prediction you want to give us? You know, I don't. I, I don't. I don't okay. tend to do that. And you, you, you can I know you're calling you. the game. I just had to ask. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I think, right, like, my, my only prediction is that this is going to be an atmosphere like we haven't seen. Um, yeah. And that I think, um, you know, I would, I would, yeah, I would, uh, I would talk to both Pitt fans and West Virginia fans that um, I think this will prove that now more than ever, Pitt and West Virginia, you know, need to lock arms and play this game. And prove that um, you know, even though they're not SEC Big Ten teams, these games <laughs> matter. They resonate, and I think we'll see some TV ratings that are pretty darn good too on on uh, Thursday. In addition to radio, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, of course they got to listen. You maybe turn the TV on and mute it, and, and, and <laughs> listen to the call it. the game. I was talking with Mike before we actually had you on. In terms of game day, obviously is going to have two appearances this week overall, and obviously Ohio State Notre Dame. That's tough to beat ratings-wise with fans all across the country. Right. But we'll see if this can compete. I'd like to see the number, if this can compete. There's going to be a lot of people at the game. We're going to be there, too. But yeah. i like to see if this can compete. And, yeah, this does show that as much as it's all about money, having a rare natural rivalry that old and tip of the cap to both programs, too. If both programs didn't want this game, this wouldn't be happening. So no, that, right. that, that's a big deal, too. No doubt. But, can't, can't wait for kickoff. Absolutely. Well, Pat Bostick, we definitely appreciate the time. Former Pitt quarterback, color analyst with Pitt, and also senior associate AD. Man, I, I know that we're excited. I know you're excited. The fans and fellow media are excited. So the Backyard Brawl is finally here. And again, if you want to check out that picture that, that, that Cody Sable put together for Pat Bostick, it's on his Twitter account. It's just fantastic. In terms of the 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 artwork that Cody put together there. I won't give any other He's big time. I won't give any other opinions on it. But yeah, that that that, <laughs> that, that that's special from what I saw right there. So Pat we appreciate Best part is the score, Mike. Yeah, I, I I that's the highlight of it. I do <laughs> I do see that. It, it definitely it's right out, right out there in your face. Uh, you can't right. miss that. But uh Pat, we appreciate the time man. You got it guys.